Hello, I'm Sean. Welcome to Wellspring Baptist Church Podcast. We're glad that you're listening today. For more information on all that's happening at Wellspring, please visit our website at www.wellspringbaptistchurch.org. I hope this message is a blessing to you. So we've been studying through uh, Peter. This is the last chapter here. Start with, start with me in verse 1. 2 Peter 3, verse 1. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up. So Paul, Paul, Peter says here, hey, this is the reason why I wrote this second letter, this second epistle, uh, which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostles, and of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in last days, in the last days, scoffers, walking after their own lusts, saying, Where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat, and the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Look at verse 12. Looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat. That's global warming. Verse 13, nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. So Peter writes this last, uh, these are his final words. uh, And he writes this last letter and he says, hey, I'm writing this uh, letter to stir you up. Now, Peter had that type of personality to get things stirred up. You know, there's, there's those type of people, right, that like to keep things stirred up. They like to get things stirred up. And you see that throughout Peter's life as a called to the Lord as a fisherman and, and him as a young follower of Christ. And then his, in the book of Acts, preaching that first day on the day of Pentecost. And, but now we see that, that this Peter, as he's older in his Christian life, and actually he just wrote that he... He's ready to. Uh, he's he's going to be uh, going to be departing. He's going to be uh, dying, and he knows that. And he says here at the end of his life, I still want to stir you up, but I want to stir you up for the good. I want to stir you up uh, for the Lord. I want to stir up God's people for the right things and having the right mindset. He said that at the beginning of this letter, Second Peter chapter one and verse thirteen. He said, yea, I think it me as long as I am in this tabernacle, meaning his body, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. He said it the same thing twice, that the the way we're going to get stirred up is by remembering some things, remembering the words of God. He said, I I think, 
And then he goes on to the next verse. Knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle. Peter says, I'm about ready to die. Same, same way as Paul said it. I'm finished my course. My time of departure is at hand. But Peter says it like this. As long as I'm in this body, I think it may, he's saying, I think it's necessary to stir you up. To keep you stirred up. Uh, stirred up by our remembrance. Stirred up um, in our minds. How? That you may be mindful. That you may be mindful. You know, we can be stirred up to the good or we can be stirred up to the bad. Think of the last time you got stirred up. Was it for the good or was it for the bad? Right? But Peter says here, I want to stir you up in your pure mind. In other words, he says, I'm, I'm, I'm appealing to the, to the spiritual man. I'm appealing to not the natural man, not the one uh, that is stirred up by emotion or stirred up by uh, those earthly things, but I'm appealing to the man, that, the, the person that their mind's been renewed, um, born again, new life in Christ. He says, I'm appealing to that man, that pure mind. Uh, um, he says that you would grow in grace. That's the last last words of this letter. Look at verse 18. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Peter leaves leaves his last words by saying, I'm hoping for us as believers, for us as Christians, that we're growing. That we're growing in grace and that we're growing in a knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now, all of us aren't called to the same things and all of us don't have the same talents and abilities. But all of us as followers of Jesus Christ can be growing in a knowledge of Him. Knowing Him a relationship, a fellowship with Him that is personal. It's, uh, it's, it's uh, one-on-one with Him. And He says, listen, I'm calling you to be stirred up by remembering. Last week we took of communion together. And communion has that same purpose. It has us to remember, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus said, when you take of this, as oft as you do it, do it in what? Remembrance mm-hmm. of Me. He says, you're doing this to remember. And he says, and do this until uh, to show my death till I come. So you know what we're doing? We're remembering two things when we're taken of communion. We're remembering the gospel, his death, burial, and resurrection for us. But we're also remembering what? That he's coming back. That's what communion. He says, listen, remember that I died for your sins and paid your sin debt and your, your Savior that I'm your mediator, intercessor, but also remember I'm coming back. And that's what Peter's trying to get us to remember and stir us up in our, in our minds. Uh, he says, be mindful. Let me ask you this morning, what is your mind full of? He says, be mindful of some things. Is our mind full of anxiety? Is our mind full of cares? Is our mind full of want? Is our, is our mind full of the things of this world and this earth? It's easy to do, isn't it? It's easy to get our mind full of of everything that's coming at us. But he says, no, I want to stir you up in your pure minds that you be mindful of what? What does he say? Mindful of the, say it, words. The words of who? The prophets, Old Testament, the apostles, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He said, I want to stir you up so that your mind is full of these words. 
words. That's what Paul tells us in Philippians, how to overcome anxiety. He says what? Think on these things. He says, think on these things. If there's any, if it's true, if it's honest, if it's just, if it's pure, if it's lovely, if it's of a good report, if there be any virtue, Paul says, if there be any praise, think on these things. Do you know where we get our comfort from? Paul the Apostle says, we get our comfort from these words. From these words. You know where we get our strength from? From the Word of God. It's our sustenance. It's our meat. It's our milk. It's, it's what we uh, eat to get, gain strength. It's, it's our light. It's our direction. He says, I want you to be mindful of these words. The psalmist said, Thy word, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. He also says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And so Peter says, I want to stir you up and being mindful of these words. You know what I find is interesting is just in this one chapter here, chapter 3, Peter lays out very quickly the agenda of God for the world. He says in, in uh, chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, he talks about the past world. That's interesting. If you look at it, he says, uh, the, heavens, uh, the, the heavens were of old and the earth uh, that then was. And then in verse 7, he talks about the present world. And then in verse 13, he talks about the future world. Just quickly, he says, hey, this is God's agenda here for the world, the past, the present, and the future. But he says, um, here's one, one thing I want you to be mindful of, believer, Christian. I want you to be mindful of his coming. And you know what he says? That there's going to be those that laugh about that. There's going to be scoffers that say, God's coming back? You know there were scoffers that uh, when it is first coming, but he came. And those, there's scoffers now. And there's scoffers, those that think that that's a joke, that the Lord's coming back. But for those that are believers, uh, Peter says, I want you to be mindful of this. I want you to be mindful of his coming. By the way, Jesus Christ himself taught a lot. We're going to look at it a little bit this morning. And by the way, we're just scratching the surface. Uh, the more the purpose of this the sermon this morning you're going to see is for you to do your own study, to be mindful, to, to get these things in, in, in our heart and in our mind that will stir us up in our walk and relationship with him. He says, uh, there, there's going to be scoffers, but he says, let me just tell you this, God is not slack concerning his promises. If he said he's coming back for us, and he did a lot, Jesus Christ himself said it. He said it to his disciples. The angel said it to him when he ascended, didn't he? He's coming back in like manner. Uh, As he he went up, the angel said it. And then all of the apostles, Peter, Paul, all of them told us, the Lord's coming back. John, the Lord's coming back. He's coming back. These are precious promises that he's given us that'll stir us up. Let me, let me just give you one real quick that'll stir us up, should, should uh, help us in our Christian walk, is the promise of the resurrection. Yes, the promise of the resurrection corporately of the church. We call it the rapture. But it's the resurrection of the church that, uh, that the dead in Christ shall rise. Right. That we have hope of a... Take your Bibles and turn to First, First, Tim, First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians. We need to read this. We have a promise of the resurrection. First Thessalonians. 
You may mark this in your Bible and come back and look at it later. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. Paul says to the believers at Thessalonica who were, they were suffering for their faith. They were persecuted, even put to death for their faith. And he says, uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13, but I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, he's talking to believers, brethren, concerning them that are, what? Asleep. For, for a believer, for a Christian, uh, it's, it's not by forever. It's That's by right. for now. Right. He said, they're asleep. He said uh, that you sorrow not even as others that have no hope. And I know, I know I've said this before and you know this. There is a difference between a funeral when the person has given their testimony that they know Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. When they've told their friends and family, I, I know that I, I've put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ and I have eternal life. Uh, we don't have to sorrow. We do sorrow. I mean, that's, that's, we do sorrow. And we should sorrow. That's all part of it. Jesus wept at Lazarus' funeral. But, but it's, not like, it's not like those that have no hope. That's right. He says, for if, look at this, if we believe, that's faith, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Uh, do you believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again? Yes, if you do, then you got to believe that those in Christ will rise again because he is the resurrection and the life. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain shall not... Uh, we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself... For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with the shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. This is the, the resurrection of the church. You know what the church is? The church is the bride of Christ. You say, where are we going to be throughout eternity? That's a fun study in and of itself. Where are we going to be throughout eternity? It's not just like, you know, sitting on a a cloud playing a harp or just walking on the streets of gold. Uh, No, it's not like that. We're going to be, wherever he is, that's where we're going to be. Whatever he's doing in the new heaven and the new earth and the new Jerusalem, that's where we're going to be. So shall we ever, forever after that, be with the Lord. And he says, therefore, look at this. Therefore, because of that truth of the resurrection, wherefore, comfort one another with what? These words. Yes, amen. Where do we get our comfort from? These amen. words. What's comforting about these words? We're going to be with the Lord forever that we have the hope of the resurrection. You say, what, 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 why is this a big deal? Peter thought it was a big deal that it would stir up our hearts if we remember the resurrection of the church, the rapture of the church, and the second coming of Jesus Christ. You say, how does that help me today? You know, a lot of times, you know, this future, when we talk about the future, how does that help me today? Um, 
I'm here, I'm pretty sure that us focusing on the things of today aren't going to help us today. I'm pretty sure focusing on what God says about the future is going to help us today. Thinking about our hope and what we have will help us in the decisions and the, and the priorities that we set. I'll tie that together here at the end. I'm getting ahead of myself. But comfort one another with these words. Look at 1 Corinthians. I, I don't know. I think this is exciting. We, we have hope of the resurrection. Why? Because we, during the revival this week, uh, Chuck Colson, the pastor from Canada, said this. He said, resurrection is not an event. That's right. Amen. Resurrection is not an event. It's a person. That's right. That's right. Jesus said, I am, I am. the resurrection. That's right. At the time when, when Mary and, and Martha were saying, you're too late and we know in the future you'll help us out. And he goes, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about the past. I'm not talking about the future. I am the resurrection, the resurrection and the life. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians 15. That's why he that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son hath not life. The wrath of God abideth on him. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 51. The Bible says, Behold, I show you a mystery. Peter, Paul says, there's a mystery here. There's, a, we, there's mysteries in the Bible. That's a whole study in and of itself again. There's mysteries. There's a mystery of godliness. There's a mystery of iniquity. There's mysteries in the Bible. But he says, I show you a mystery. That we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. We just read about that, didn't we? At the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be Raised, incorruptible. And we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. So then when this corruptible has put on incorruption, this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. (laughs) Do you know when Jesus rose from the dead? He defeated death for everyone that is in Christ. For everyone that is in Christ, He has defeated death. It's defeated for us that are in Christ. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? That's why when Paul knew that he was going to die, Nero was going to take off his head, that's why he said, my time of departure is in hand. I'm now ready to be offered. <laughs> he said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. I'm ready to go. Why? That's been defeated. I'm ready to go. It, it, the, the Lord took the sting out of death. He said, um, uh, the sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God that giveth us the victory through Jesus yes, Christ. <clears throat> Therefore, my beloved brother, because of that, because of the hope of the resurrection, because of the hope of the rapture, therefore, my brother, beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. In other words, the, the hope and the mindset of resurrection will affect our everyday. It will affect our today. This is not just all just future stuff. Oh, we're just getting our heads up in the clouds. No, 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 no. No, no, no. This is, this is our mindset. This is what our mind's full of. That death has lost its grip on us. That it's lost its victory. 
This is the promise. You know what we're, this corruptible must put on incorruption, mortal put on immortality. John said this about it. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it does not appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we've just read about him appearing, Amen. Amen. the resurrection, caught up together in the cloud. When he shall appear, we shall be like him. Yes. Amen. That's a glorified body. That's amazing. That that one day we're going to be incorruptible, immortal, all those things. Peter says, be mindful of these things. Why? It'll stir you up. It'll help you. You say, I've had a bad week. I've had a bad day. Nothing that the resurrection can't fix. (laughs) Nothing that the resurrection can't change. You see? He says, uh, look, here's another one. Let's go to another one. The second coming. The second coming of Jesus Christ. He's coming back. That's, he's coming back. Jesus talked about this. It's all the way through the Bible that he is going to set up a 1,000 year millennial reign. 1,000 years. Jesus Christ is going to sit on the throne of David. It's going to be a political government. This little. He's going to set up a political government in which he has uh, absolute authority over the entire world. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's going to come to pass one day. That's going to come to pass one day. You say, how is that possible? Because he's going to send an angel over, and we read about it in Revelation. He's going to bind up that dragon, the old serpent. He's going to put him in hell for a thousand years, bound up, and there will be no more tempter, There'll be no more deceiver. There'll be the, the nations that are in complete darkness right now and, and blinded by false religion. The devil can't do that anymore. That's right. The king of kings and the Lord of lords mm-hmm. will be sitting on the throne. And there's a difference between the king coming for his saints and the king coming with his saints. That's right. You say, how do you know that we're going to be with the Lord during the millennial reign? So shall we ever be with the Lord. Right, Wherever He's at, that's where we're going to be. We're going to be with Him. We're going to be ruling and reigning with Him here on this earth. Look at Revelation chapter 19. Revelation chapter 19. Again, I'm just skimming the surface here. I'm just bringing up little things to make us think about to just kind of get stirred up so that hopefully we're going to go home and say, oh, I want to study a little more about the rapture, the resurrection of the church. I want to study a little more about the second coming of Christ. I want to study a little more about this new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem I'm going to mention in a second. Revelation chapter 19 and verse 11. The Bible says, And I saw the heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and him that sat on him who is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes are as a flame of fire, and on his head are crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself, and he's clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. This is not the popular uh, paintings that you see of Jesus nowadays that John's writing here. He says, and the armies which were in heaven, coming with the saints, his armies which are in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen and clean, and out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, and he shall smite the nations, and shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness of the Almighty. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, 
King of Kings. Yes, amen. Lord of Lords. Amen. He comes down, and this is the Battle of Armageddon, where he defeats the enemies of God and sets up from this moment till, till Satan is loosed. He sets up the 1,000-year millennial reign of Jesus Christ. This is the future where there'll be peace and there'll be special blessings for Israel, God's people. And from Jerusalem, the headquarters of the world, Jesus Christ will sit on the throne of David and will bring peace. It'll be wonderful, just wonderful. Look now with me. Here's another promise. I'm, I'm just, we're just trying to stir up our minds. This is what Peter says is going to help us today. Again, this isn't a self-help message. This isn't like a, this isn't a self-help message. Look at look at look at uh, Revelation twenty-one. This is a thinking about the Lord. I can't sit here anymore. You know what? I, I'm listening to what you're saying. This is killing me. I know how wicked I am. I know how evil I can be. I know what God saved me from. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm sorry. But you know what? I, I'm so excited about this, and I, I can't hardly hold it in sometimes. I, Woo! Thank you, Lord. I mean, really, this is exciting. I mean, you just, you know, where I came from, where, where I've been, and all the stuff that's happened in my life, I'm thinking God still is going to be there for me. This resurrection is really going to happen, and we're really going to go out. And I'm really going to get to see all of you that are saved. If you're not saved, I'm not going to get to see you. I mean, this is a real deal. This is the real business. We're not, this is not for. You know, just a lot of nice ideas in a book. This is the real deal. And when God saved me, He did something. So I, I mean, I'm about, I got to shout. You know, I can't sit here anymore. I mean, brother, you're killing me here. I love this. I love it. I love it. I love what, Woo! I love what God's going to do for me. I, I love what He's going to do for all of us. And, you know, no more pain, no more trouble, no more family problems, no more. Woo! I mean, just be with the Lord Jesus Christ forever. I mean, I'm excited. And, Sorry, I didn't <laughs> look, at, look, at Revelation, look at Revelation. Revelation twenty-one. Look at Revelation twenty-one. Here's another one of these great and precious promises that Peter was, he was talking about. He says the earth and the heavens going to dissolve, and the new heaven and the new earth, and all these things. Look at this is what he's talking about. Revelation twenty-one. John said, "And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And the first heaven and the first earth had passed away." You know, and there and there's no more sea. And, and I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, prepared for a bride adorned for his husband. This is after. This is after the millennial reign. This is after Satan has been judged and thrown into the lake of fire Amen. for eternity. Amen. Not for just a thousand years, for eternity. Satan Amen. has been thrown in there. This great white throne judgment. That's after this. And he said, and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, with us. Yeah. It's with men, and he shall dwell with them. You know, we're separated from God right now. Yeah. But one day we won't be. We'll be with him. We'll be righteous yeah. with him. And he shall dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them, and shall be their God. And he will wipe away all tears Wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, and the former things all passed away. That's what he said. That's what we have to look forward to. Continue on. I, you can read this whole chapter, and he's talking about New Jerusalem, and the new heaven, and the new earth that's to come. Look at verse 22. 
of chapter 21. And I saw no temple therein. The Lord God Almighty, yeah, the amen. Lamb of the amen. temple. He yeah. says, there's, there's no need for church anymore. Nope. We're doing this now because we need to fellowship together. This is meant to be. God ordained this now, here and now. But, but one day, it's just going to be church all the time. Yeah. We're just with God all the time. He said, and the city has no need of the sun. Neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor. Again, this, this, this idea of heaven is us sitting on a cloud and walking on the streets of gold, that's not what it's going to be like. It's not what it's going to be. There's going to be... There's going to be a new earth and a new heaven and nations, and there's going to we're going to rule and reign with Him. It's 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 different than the Bible is different than what we have in our you know what we've been told. And the gates of it shall not shut all day, and there shall be no more night there. We shall and they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations unto it, and there shall in no wise enter in anything that defileth. Neither whatsoever worketh abomination and maketh a lie to, but they which are written in the Lamb's book. He said, "They'll never enter into these this new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem." Sin. You know, we we couldn't imagine. We have learned to live with the effects of it. What is the effect of sin? The effect of sin is death, and we've just learned. We've learned how to cope with. With our families, with our relationships, with our mind, with our life. But that, that won't be there. There'll be no effects of sin there. It'll all be gone. Now, let me tie this into just quickly something Jesus said about this. Turn to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Let me try to tie this together and make some application real quick. Matthew chapter 5. Jesus is standing. This is Now, you've got to picture this. This is pretty significant, and I hope I can get the point across that I, I, I Jesus is standing on the Mount of Olives. Okay, he's teaching. This is his last, last time, his last of his teaching, his last of his messages. And the Mount of Olives is overlooking Jerusalem. It's that eastern gate. There's a whole story about that too. Because right now it's closed off. <laughs> I think the next person to ever walk through that eastern gate will be Jesus Christ. Um, anyhow, it's closed off, and if you're standing on the Mount of Olives looking down at Jerusalem toward that eastern gate, Jesus stands there and begins to teach this that we're going to read. And what, he, what he's teaching is he's telling us something that's pretty significant about our lives. He's about ready to leave from the Mount of Olives. Acts chapter 1, Jesus ascends up into heaven, up into the clouds, on the Mount of Olives, from the Mount of Olives with his disciples. And the angels say, in like manner, he's going to return to the Mount of Olives. Zechariah, the prophet Zechariah says he's coming back to the Mount of Olives. So keep that in mind. The master's leaving from there, and he's coming back to there, right? What goes on in between? That's our every day. What goes on from the time he leaves to the time he comes back is what we're in the middle of right now. Okay? So he begins to teach this, this message, and, and, and he tells us that. He tells us about that the Lord. Jesus tells us in Matthew 24 and 25 that he's going to ascend and he's going to come back in all his glory. 
So he starts telling the story of, of the talents and the servants and their talents, right? And he's, and by the way, I don't think it's a coincidence in the Bible that he uses the word talent. In the time, in the time it meant a type of money. But today, talent means something else to us. And I don't think it's a coincidence that he uses it. It's our gift. It's our ability. It's what our God-given abilities that he's given us, right? So he's coming back, and he tells his story. Hey, there's a master that leaves his servants, and he gives them his goods. By the way, the Lord's given us the goods. You say, what goods? We've got got these goods. We've got the Holy Spirit goods. He, said, he told the disciples that. He said, when I go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you into all the world to preach the gospel. But then he says, but wait until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So he says, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you that. But here's what he says. I want you to do something with what I've given you while I'm gone. I want you to do something with what I've given you while I'm gone. Pay attention to this as, he, as I'm going to kind of go through it quick. Verse 14. Matthew 25 and verse 14. So Jesus says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered them his goods. So he says, it's like a master who has, you know, it's like an employer, has employees, says, I'm going, I'm going to be gone for a long time. You, you oversee my stuff. We're overseeing God's stuff. Down here, as the church, as God's people. We're his people. He says, you oversee my stuff. And he gave some, uh, you know, five talents and two talents and one talent. If you read down through this passage, he gave them each talents. Distinct talents, not equal. Not everybody has equal talents. But they all have talents. They all have something to add to the body of Christ. They all have, God's, they, everybody has a distinct thing that he's given them. And so verse 16, and then when he had received the, the person that had received the five talents, he went and traded the same and made them other five talents. So this guy says, okay, God, God's given me, my master's given me five talents. I'm going to go and, and, and buy and sell and make more money. I'm going to take it and double my money. That's what he did. He took five talents and doubled it. And to the one that he gave two, he did the same. He went and gained two more talents. He used it, he put it to work, and he gained two more talents. But the one that he gave one, verse 18, he digged in the earth and hid his money, his Lord's money. It wasn't his, it was his master's. And he hid it. In verse uh, 25, we find out the reason why he hid it. He says he was afraid and hid the talent in the earth. Listen, do you know what the Lord doesn't want from us? He doesn't want us to take what he's given us and put it on the earth. Do you know why so many Christians are so tied up in earthly things? It's because they're not thinking about the resurrection. They're not thinking about the second coming of Christ. We're not thinking about the new heaven and the new earth. And so we take everything that God's given us and we put it in earthly things. And we worry about earthly stuff and we're afraid about things of earth. But if we don't even have to fear death, Why would we be afraid of earthly things if we are mindful of eternal things and our future in heaven? So, he, the Lord, comes back and he says, um, 
those that have been about their father's business, those that have worked hard and done all those things that God told them to do with it, he says, he calls them, verse 21 and verse 23, he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter ye into the joy of the Lord. But to the one that hid his talent in the earth and was afraid to use it, was afraid to use it, what did he call him? He called him a wicked and slothful unprofitable servant. There will be a day of reckoning. There will be a judgment seat of Christ. We will give an account one day, each of us, for what we do uh, with what God has given us. He's given us His Word. He's given us His Holy Spirit. All of us that are believers have that. But, But He's given each of us, I believe, distinct abilities, talents, gifts, those sort of things. And you know what God wants? What God expects from us is to keep in mind the Master's coming back. That's what His point was. While He's standing there on the Mount of Olives, He's saying, I've given you these things and I'm coming back. I want you to use what I've given you. Put it to work. Go out into the world and preach the Gospel. You know, see folks come in to know Christ. Whatever abilities and gifts God has given us, put them to work. As we close, let me just say this. Peter, Paul, all of them had the same message. Hey, here's how we get stirred up. Here's how we get stirred up in our mind is to remember. Remember the words of God. Remember, be mindful of His promises. Yeah, there's those out there that'll scoff and will laugh at, uh, th- th- that we think that we're going to have eternal life, that there's a new heaven and a new earth. But He says, God is not slack concerning His promises. We, as God's servants, need to remember the talents and abilities that He's given us and say, I'm being mindful of a resurrection, mindful of eternity. I want to get stirred up to win the loss, stirred up to be about my father's business. Let me just stop with this for just a second. Think in your own life and and Christianity in general. We are, we got to be honest with ourselves, we are unbelieving believers, which means we say we believe one thing, but we don't live like it. And we say, what do you mean? If we really believed that, that this was so temporary and that we have eternity with God and, and what matters here is what we do for eternity and how we serve God, our mindset would be different. Our, what we worry about would be different. What we stress about, our anxiety would not be so tied to earthly things and worldly things. So he says, be mindful of these. We would live different. Don't be afraid to use your talents and abilities. Don't be afraid. Will your God-given gift put it to work? Put it out there. You say, there's a a risk of losing some. Yeah, but the master is going to be happier if we put it to work. Don't hide it in the earth. Don't put it on these things. Why? Because he's coming back. Because he's coming back. And so, I know I just hit briefly on a couple of these things, but we have a solid rock. We have the solid rock of Jesus Christ. 
we have the hope. You know, some may scoff, some may think that what we believe is old-fashioned. That's what Peter said. They'll say they've been saying that, but ever since the fathers died, ever since you know the apostles died, he hasn't come back yet. Yeah, but he is. He is. And things are lining up to get closer. Let's stand as we sing. We're going to sing that solid rock, but here's what I want us to do. I want us to put this to work in our lives this week and trust God and put our faith in Him and begin to study His Word and be mindful and remember those things and see if it doesn't stir us up in our Christian life. I think it will. I absolutely think it will. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. We'd love to hear from you and learn how you've been encouraged or challenged by this podcast. Please leave a comment on the Contact Us page on our website, or you could write to us at P.O. Box 641, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. Feel free to visit us anytime that you're in the Springboro, Ohio area.